The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's going on? Say, I will be flying solo tonight. Steve is in a whole another state, hanging out with the kiddos, watching them play football and killing it because those two boys are studs. Oh, how's everybody doing tonight? Looks like the chat is up to its normal. Bunch of people in there, Colleen, Twiz, Chucky, all you guys, I appreciate you for coming and hanging out. Got some weird things to chat about. I have been seeing the resurgence of FEMA camp conspiracies coming through. Anybody else seen those? Talking about... I mean, it's basically inevitable at this point. The you, you can't ignore the rumors of World War Three, and <clears throat> they're theorizing that now that all these fighting age men coming into the country has something to do with FEMA camps because they're building. Tons and tons of camps, or they have built tons and tons of camps. And they're like, well, where, you know, who, who's going to get put in them? So it's kind of another out there type conspiracy. I don't know that I'm 100% sold on that, but it is making its rounds again. So everybody be aware of that one. Uh, I do have, I'm, I'm extremely excited. I have a, or we have an awesome interview coming up that I know you guys are going to love. I think it's going to be a, a pretty insanely great episode. 
I can't, I can't wait for it because it's only like a couple days away. On Tuesday, we're gonna sit down with a dude, and, and and it's it's weird because it's one of them situations where like it rains or pours because we had the one person reach out about willing to come on and talk about skinwalkers. Well, a bunch of you guys have been sending me videos of this dude and I knew I had to reach out to him. So I reached out and he has agreed to come on the show and learn us all a thing or two about skinwalkers. And he has, I mean, I watched one of his videos and if his story is even remotely true, which I'm pretty sure it is, it's ridiculous. It, it's an awesome story. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like hold off, but he talks about finding ancient, I think that's the way he labeled it as like ancient skins of skinwalkers and they find them in an old cabin and they're marked with skin skinwalker lingo on them and blood markings oh man it it just it i think it's going to be awesome i think it's going to be fantastic his videos are out there he's not hard to find especially if you just youtube um i think it's skinwalker ancient skins or something uh Darius Star, no, there isn't anything new on Egress. I don't think there's probably going to be, unfortunately. Yeah, like Twiz said, it it pretty much hit the bed. Uh I know Steve caught wind of something else and started running running it down. I don't I usually just kind of leave him alone. Normally. That way he gets a full vacation. But um, I don't know where he's at with that. I don't know if that just fizzled out too or if he's waiting on a reply back from whatever organization it is or ARG or whatever's going on with it. I, f- I kind of feel like since Egress, you have, we have to be a little more careful in regards to chasing those leads now, because I feel like it, we, not that we're huge or anything, but we, we put it on a pedestal where if somebody wanted to duplicate that to gain some traction with their own, you know, uh, whether it be podcast or, or whatever, they know how to do that. Now they can catch people's attention like me and Steve and get us hooked in long enough to blow it up. And then, and then they, you know, they have a big platform all of a sudden. Yeah, John, I think, I think it is the one in Chicago. Not a hundred percent sure. Steve sent me some clips of it and he's like, it sounds similar to egress and not quite. And I'm like, well, just run it. You know, just dive full on and see what happens. I mean, what's 
what are you going to do? And I know they, they responded and I think he kind of laid it out there. And last I heard he was waiting to hear back. So where that goes from there, I have no idea. It'd be awesome if it turned into something. I don't know that it will, but it would be awesome if it did. I'm a little more skeptical these days and like my brain is, I think since then my brain is going to automatically go ARG and try to debunk it as ARG first before we go the other direction. But I did, I've got a couple episodes coming up that are pretty cool. I'm really excited to see where Steve's Hellfire Farm continues on because that last episode was fucking crazy. I really, really enjoyed that last episode. There was so much, there was just insanity inside that episode that just made your brain turn and our brains were firing pretty good that night. So hopefully, I don't know. I don't know what this Monday is going to be. I'm not sure if Steve is going to have the time to finish that episode since he is spending all week with the the family. So it might be one of my upcoming episodes that get into to Monday. I hope, I hope that he has the time to do it, but if he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, we all love and respect family time. So it, I mean, he's definitely going to finish the story, which I'm, I'm just all, I'm all about it. And I never would have thought that that farm story would have turned into what it has turned into. Let's see here. But I don't, I'm not, I don't know exactly what you're getting at there, Bob Tacular. Because here at Hall's Guy, we're kind of, uh, we, we're going for all of the above, really. Because I don't, I don't know that, I don't know that even all of us as a collective are going to solve every mystery that's out there. I feel like some of them are, some of them are, were, you know, they're just beyond our time. Some of them, we probably don't have the ability to figure them out quite yet, whether it's technology, um, our understanding as a whole, because there's so much out there to try to understand. But I love, I love every avenue. I mean, when you, I mean, I love stories. I've been reading a ton of stories here of late. And then some of them have, just don't know that unless you're out there all the time searching for some of these ones, I don't know that you're ever going to experience it or understand it. I just read a, a story about an imp that was, believe it or not, it was in a town and it was beating everybody's ass. Fantastic story. 
But I mean, what do you, what do you do with that? If you don't, if you don't even understand what an imp is or where it comes from, how do you go about finding those answers? Like, you know, how are you going to chase that down? Yeah, I would, I love stories and trying to find, trying to root to the bottom of them. But that M story is, it's pretty wild. I don't even, I think, how tall was that thing? Let's see here. It doesn't, it doesn't say how tall it was. But it happened in uh, Argentina in May of 2011. There were several attacks that end up getting reported. They describe, I'm assuming they go to the authorities with this, but they describe a short in stature with this being with normal sized ears. And apparently was wearing a huge pointy hat. It almost sounds like a lawn gnome. Um, one man reports returning home from a birthday when all of a sudden he was attacked by this short imp cre- creature. And apparently he was beaten pretty severely. There was another encounter of a young child who was walking to his neighbor's house one night and this thing ends up blocking his his path and once again just started attacking and just started beating him the the child would then scream alerting neighbors in the area and as the neighbors came out to investigate what was happening and I'm not I'm unclear if the neighbors provoked this thing to leave or if the the upcoming presence of the neighbors is what provoked it to leave. And there was another occasion where a man was riding his bike and all of a sudden this thing jumps out of the darkness and tries to knock him off his bike. Fortunately for him, the thing wasn't quite, I don't know if it was just lacked the strength or it, it wasn't able to knock the dude off. So he was able to get away. But yeah, uh, those are kind of my my thoughts. I'm not 100% sure how you lose to a little lawn gnome. Maybe, maybe they have unlimited strength. Cheat codes in or something. But I'm not, I'm not too convinced that a little lawn gnome is going to get the best of me and me and Steve. Maybe it will. I don't know. <laughs> That's something to try to figure out in the future. And there was another. I'm not sure if it was another. It was another gnome-like creature, imp, or goblin, or whatever. But this dude ends up leaving his dog out, and as he he goes outside to look for his dog he sees this little figure run across his neighbor's backyard. He describes the figure as about three and a half feet tall with green skin. It had big eyes with a prominent head 
with proportioned arms and legs. The streetlights allowed him to see this being pretty clearly for a few seconds. From about 60 feet away, it stopped and stared at the witness and his dog. I guess all of them just kind of sat there in a deadlock stare. And then as the witness diverted his attention, the as he looks back, the, the creature's gone. And he knows that the, the little being wasn't wearing any clothes at all. So you have a little, whether it be alien or goblin or whatever, out there streaking across the, the town. Out there creating all types of chaos. And then what was it speaking now that we're on the, the subject of the small folk, uh, he found, he found some awesome old paranormal books. I don't know if he posted them in the discord or not, but he, uh, there was one that was like midgets from Mars. There was another one where a, Pastor, I think it was, ended up exercising the Bermuda Triangle. So wrap your brains around that one. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. The dude exercised the Bermuda Triangle. I'm not 100% sure how that works. Yeah. The man who exercised the Bermuda Triangle. And I told Steve, I was like, you have to... You have to do that. You have to read the book. You have to do an episode on it because it's probably going to be one of the best episodes you've ever done. But I'm not quite sure how that happens. I mean, I just picture a religious man in a in a rowboat out there in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle trying to exercise the ocean. Not, not exactly sure how that works out. I don't know. There's, I don't know. There's a bunch of different stories that I've been kind of looking at. I found another one that's super weird from Austria about a dude. Crazy. The dude is out there cave exploring. I'm not sure what he did for a living. Because it was his co-worker that suggested this cave system to him. So he ends up getting some free time, goes out there to check this cave system out. Which to any of you crazies out there that are trying to squeeze your little asses through caves, you're crazy. Never in a million years am I going to do what some of them people do. Anyways, he's going through this cave system, gets a little ways into it, starts hearing people talking. So he pauses, kind of quiets himself down, keeps listening. The voices stop. So he's like, all right, whatever. I'll just go keep exploring. Right there's red flag number one for me. Not sure why. If there's a bunch of people in there talking, 
mean, I guess unless you assumed it's other humans. Seems like a rather strange place to hang out, though. A little sus activity going on there. Anyways, he keeps moving forward. Starts hearing the voices again. Birdie, I wish it was audio hallucinations. That would be equally as scary, though. Not knowing at that point if they're real or if it's just your mind and your hearing playing tricks on you. Keeps going. Gets to this, this opening. And if I remember right, he smells this crazy, intense rot smell. And he notices there's like this reddish tone to the floor that's not normal in in this particular cave system. So he kind of fits through this little crack, gets down there, and is like, oh, I'm going to take some samples of this. Once again, not quite sure what the dude does for a living, but you would assume it has something with the ability to test these samples. He takes them. He starts hearing the voices again. But in this little opening that he's in, it's like a little room. And it's got two offshoots to the left and right. And he notes how these offshoots almost look like they've been machined out. Like somebody went in there with professional grade drilling equipment and carved out these big passageways. So he's like, well, I'm not going either one of those. Like I said, he hears the voices again and they're getting closer. So he turns around, starts trying to squeeze back through the area he squeezed, squeezed into. But he gets to a point where I'm assuming the voices are really close at this point. So he stops moving because he doesn't want anybody to hear him. And he's like, I don't, the voices sound human, but I don't recognize the language at all. So as he's like in this little crevice, kind of trying to weasel his way through, which like I said, not, not smart. Don't do that to yourselves. But he stops and he turns back to look behind him. And he sees these little lights coming through one of the the entrance to the left. As they get into this chamber, their lights illuminate everything. And yeah, John, it it is he sees these big ass jacked reptilian people. I think they all had suits on and they're all talks, talking amongst themselves. And he's like, you could tell that, I mean, they were swole. Like they were wearing uniforms, but you could s- clearly see their muscular outlines through, through their uniforms. They move through the cavern. He remains undetective, undetected. Ends up leaving that place, never goes back. 
but he logged all of this into a notebook and that the same, the same coworker kind of approaches him several times about going back to the cave system. And apparently he never told his coworker like what happened, what went down, but his coworker also never mentioned anything weird going on in that cave system. So I don't know if there's some fuckery going on there. I don't know if that dude just, the coworker didn't try to squeeze through some of these crazy tight places like homie did. Either way, how weird is it that these big ass reptilians, they had tails and everything. I mean, just almost legitimately your, your normal everyday description of, of, Oh yeah, that's that's good. The jetpack, the jetpack miners there, um, but your your go to description of reptilians. It's really bizarre to me, like I don't think that I've heard those accounts quite yet about um, the reptilians having the same vocal structure as humans. You would think that their tones would be completely different. But I don't know. Uh, Burton, am I ever going cave exploring? I would definitely, I would go cave exploring. I am the dude that's, if that crevice, if I can barely squeeze through it, I'm not doing it. There's no way. I've seen those videos of those crazies. Like getting stuck in crevices. And then they have to worm their way through where it shreds their clothes, shreds their skin. And I'm not about that life. Nope. Nope. No. Nope. I'm good. I'm good. I'll do some pretty questionable things. But I'm not. I'm not trying to have a panic attack being stuck in a place like that. Or if there's water in that thing, you know, I'm not, I'm not going past that. I feel like, Oh, you got to dive through here. Oh, that sucks. Sucks. I'll, I'll go somewhere else. I'm not doing it. So if you go, if my team goes past that point, well, that's on you guys. Throwing that out there. It's on you. I'm not coming in after you because I don't know what's in that water. I don't know what's in that cave. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not that dedicated to find out. Yeah. Well, that's good for him. Twist. I'm glad that he got on Joe Rogan. It ain't worth it to me. Oh, sir. Not at all. Not at all. You'd have. I, I just don't think that's very intelligent. I mean, it's awesome that people get in there and explore those places because just about, I mean, really everything needs to be explored, but I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. That's not for me. 
That's just that's not that's not who I am. No, sir. Mm -mm. I did have somebody send me a video that's making its rounds about what was it? I can't remember the exact scientific phrasing, but it is the part of the ocean that light can't reach. So it's just jet black down there. And for whatever reason about, well, I know, you know why 80% of that, which is like 80% of the ocean, which hasn't been explored 80 or 90, whatever it was. And then there's also a, uh, a law to where creatures can only get so big before their own body weight kind of crushes them and kills them. However, in these crazy deep places, that rule doesn't apply. So the guy's like, so theoretically, you have creatures. Yeah, I think that's it, the abyssal zone. Thank you, Ross. But you you theoretically have creatures that can get virtually to unlimited proportions, which all the more reason to stay out of the ocean. I'm not trying to deal with that. I've seen a lot of uh, videos lately about them possibly finding the Megalodon. Anybody hear about that? Seen quite, I've seen several videos on the Megalodon. I hope it's real. I believe that it could be real. But there's one about NASA going out and finding Megalodon, which those guys are supposed to be going into outer space, not below our oceans. And then I saw, well, they maybe found a Megalodon body in the Antarctic. But I don't know. Oh, Justin from Cryptid said that the Megalodon's extinct. I don't know if I buy it. I don't know. You know, and my, my forever argument will be the giant squid. So that'll be my the the hill I, I stand and die on. Because everybody thought the giant squid was bullshit. And then guess what happened? They found the giant squid. And we find things that are supposedly extinct. Maybe not all the time, but we it happens. NASA funded super sharks wouldn't be surprised at all. Wouldn't be surprised at all. I'm with Twiz. Who knows what's down there? There, there might be things way scarier than Megalodon down there. They just they have no reason to to come up. Maybe they'll be blinded by the light if they get too close to the surface, and they don't know how to act. Yeah, see, Peter, that's another great point. Giant snails. I'm not trying to be uh I'm not trying to partake real life partake in Love and Monsters, the movie. I'm not trying to have all that shit happen. 
I'm not trying to fight a giant snail. If I don't have to. I would feel relatively good against fighting a giant snail, but... Hey, Hollow Colt. The weather's getting nice, and you know what that means. It's cryptid hunting season. And the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tecovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tecovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. If there's giant snails, then it's, there's giant other things that I wouldn't fare so well against. No, no, Boots. Why, why go there? No, 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 no. It's terrible. Yeah. Twiz coming in hot with the, the sound advice there. Although, I mean, I guess slugs and snails are probably... Relatively close. Giant sea spiders? No. No. See, I'm not I'm not dealing with all that. I'm gonna go ahead and open the phones for conversation, questions, stories, whatever you guys want to do. We're here for it. I'm here for it. And the rest of you are here. Mongolian death worms, dude, that's, that's always been an interesting subject to me as well. Because you don't really hear about it very often. But I'm not trying to do that either. Hey, we got a caller. Hey, welcome to the night shift. What's going on? Hey, how's it going? I finally got through, man. Let's do this, buddy. <laughs> I've been trying for the past two months, and I haven't been able to get through. <laughs> well, you're the first one tonight. Nice. Hey, I appreciate it. Well, I've been 
I've been trying to get this story out there for ages. I've, I'm actually now uh, 47, about to be 48, but this incident happened back in 93. Um, I was like 16, 17, somewhere around there. I'm here in um, in Texas. And the incident that happened, um, it was me and my two of my friends. And we were going over to one of my friend's girlfriend's house. You know, it was January. You know, it's still, you know, the, the, it gets dark really early around right. that time. So then, um, you know, her mom's like, hey, you know, it's time. They got to leave. You know, we were outside. And it's like, yeah, let's go. You know, he was he was driving. I remember he was driving one of those old Granadas, really old four-door car. So we're leaving her house. And this was on the outskirts of town. And just uh, for a quick reference, I I live on, well, I was living back then uh, on the border with Mexico. Okay. And there's an Air Force base. If anyone knows, they know what I'm talking about. Hello. You know, and we were coming up up on the hill. So as soon as we reached the top of the hill, right there in front of us, I kid you not, there is a disc suspended in midair, not moving, not making a noise. I want to say it was approximately, you know, I hear a lot of people say, oh, it was like a a football field away, something of the sort. It was around, it was really close, but it was really low to the ground. So imagine a two-story apartment or a two-story home. Okay. That's how high it was off the, off the ground. Just suspended in midair. My friend doesn't, doesn't say a word. He pulls over. All three of us get out. We're just leaning on the car, like just looking at this thing. So, you know, I've heard, um, did you lose any time? You know, I've told the story to a few people. Did you lose any time? You know, because I've heard as well that these things uh, manipulate time, manipulate reality. They do all these things, right? Right. And no, I was just, I was conscious of, obviously, of, of the sun setting. It was still going down. So it was like uh, 5.30-ish, well, 5.20, somewhere around there. So we're there. We're still, I mean, we're, we're looking at this thing. It's just there. I mean, it's like, I explained to everyone, it's like, uh, you know, like when you, when you uh, put up a picture frame on your wall, a clock, it was just there, suspended midair. So we're looking at it, you know, like I said, for a good 20 minutes. Well, I mean, we're like, no one says anything. My friend, you know, he, the one that's driving, he goes, you know, he starts making his way back to the the driver's uh, the driver's seat. So then we follow along, right? You know, my friend goes into the passenger. I go into the, the back seat. Right when we're doing that, we look back. This thing, I kid you not, starts changing shapes. And at the same time it's changing shapes, it's changing colors, mind you. When we saw it, it was just like a saucer, you know, the metal chrome thing, like the ones that come out, what everyone describes, right? No yeah. ribbits, nothing. It was just like, like chrome. And we go back and we're looking at this thing. I mean, no one's, no one's saying anything at this point. Everyone's like in shock. And this thing's like 
you know, going like, you know, oblong shapes, oval, but at the same time, I mean, really beautiful colors, um, yellows, uh, reds, oranges. I mean, you name it. Like these colors were, I've never seen anything like it. So we're looking at it and we're, you know, now as an adult, I'm thinking, obviously it knew that we were there and it wanted to like grab our attention again. So we were still like, like I said, just gazing at it. So then after another 20 minutes, it's now it's starting to get really dark. That thing's still going on. The colors, the changing of the shapes. And then finally my friend goes, you know, he's like, yeah, let's go. Gets in the driver's seat. We just follow along and that's it. We drive back to his house and we were, um, it's called something like a group shock kind of thing. Because on the way over there, no one was saying a thing. Not a peep. No one said a word. Even like the following day in school, we didn't talk about it. Like we didn't talk about it till I want to say like months afterwards, right? Um, there used to be a show called Sightings. I don't know if you remember that back in the nineties. I don't. Uh, yeah, there used to be a show called Sightings. Well, that same thing that we saw. Um, came out on that show that they had seen it over in Holland like a few months afterwards. And I was like, whoa, like what is going on? So yeah, that's my story, man. I've been, like I said, it's just crazy, you know, with all this, you know, all this UFO disclosure thing that's going on, you know, the, the changing of the name, the UAPs, and I'm like, I mean, I saw this when I was when I was a teenager. That's like, wild, you know. And and a lot of people like when I tell the story, they're kind of like, "What?" I get I get those looks, and I was like, "Whoa!" So, you know, my my friends, you know, they in turn they joined the military and stuff like that. And I caught up with one of them not too long ago, and he actually has a a tattoo of an alien on his forearm and i'm like dude is that what you got i just i just said is that what you got and he's like yeah so the fact that all this disclosure is coming around and i know um steve once said that he had never heard of it changing shapes and i'm like man i gotta talk to these guys i gotta tell them the story because that's the only time that i've you know that i've actually witnessed something like that that's I mean, it's life changing, man. Like, oh, I'm sure. you know, seeing something like that and and seeing it so close, you know, the fact that well, yeah, it's, it's right like, there. Maybe it it is right there. It was super low to the ground, like it was it was just unreal, like uh, or surreal. Like like I still to this day, you know, I'm still like shocked at what I saw and. Now that you see the videos, now that you see this, like this disclosure, what's like, they're normalizing it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Thing, they're, they're they're trying to normalize it, but it's like, I don't know, it's just something that. And then yet, I I we don't know what what they are. No, you know, obviously yeah. they're intelligent, but again, you know, there's all these theories surrounding it, like it could be this, it could be that, but right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. We we, we as the the general public have far less 
access to information than what the government does. I swear I've heard a similar story to this, not quite the same, but similar. I feel like it was on the night shift. Maybe I'm wrong. And I feel like there was a, a military guy involved too, where this person talked to a military person about it. But I could be wrong. It might just be my memory playing tricks on me, but dude, I don't even, I I would have done the same thing in your situation. Just being that close to it. I wouldn't have been able to look away. What do you do? You don't want to drive. I mean, you don't want to just be like, Oh, okay. I'm going to go this way. Now you do kind of, I I understand when you say you kind of get into that, like group shock mode where you're all just like dumbfounded by what is happening right in front of you. Exactly. I mean, we were just speechless, just, just watching this thing. And mind you, you know, teenagers, you're, you're still impressionable. I mean, your mind's still not fully developed. Right. So you see this thing and it's like, wow. You know, I didn't tell my mom well into my like late twenties. She's like, why did you ever tell me? I'm like, well, what for? Like, you know? That's ironic because I never told I never told my mom or dad about any of the things I saw when I was younger. I didn't I yeah. didn't bring it up till like way later in life. Oh yeah, I've got a few other stories, but I, I honestly wouldn't want to take like another another person's opportunity to call in. But yeah, man, I'd like to actually call in and, and like you know tell those stories as well or even email y'all because it's absolutely i've i've seen some crazy things but aside from that that's been the most i mean that's the craziest thing i've ever seen well i can attest that it would be insane to sit there and watch that and then not only you're like you're watching whether your mind knew it or not at the time you're watching a classic ufo one-on-one like Especially back yeah. then, that's how people described UFOs. Exactly. And then, then all of a sudden, this thing starts changing shapes and colors on you. You're, you're like, I wouldn't even be able to process anything that's going on at that point because it's defying your reality. Like, this is not supposed to be able to happen right now. Exactly. It's not, I mean, for us to not have talked about it until like I said, a few months after the incident, like even amongst ourselves, we weren't like, Hey man, do you remember what? Nothing. Like we didn't even bring it up. We didn't <clears throat> actually when my, when one of my friends, cause I lost track of one of them, but the other one joined uh, the military and he was in the Navy. I, I didn't bring it up to him. till this happened in 93. I didn't bring it up to him till 2004. Damn. When I met up with him in San Diego, I'm like, hey, man, remember that day that we went over to Erica's? He's like, yeah. He's like, everyone I tell that story to, look, you know, every, everyone I tell that story to looks at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but it's just, it's just like I said, it's something that like, you know, like you mentioned, the f- typical flying saucer, like that pilot saw. Uh, over in Mount Rainier, yeah. in Washington, the exact same thing. You know, because so it, it's all over TV. It's the exact same thing that was that was that that that's what we saw on that night. 
and it's just like I said, it's um, so people that come out and say, you know, like on shows or on, you know, on the podcast and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I believe them. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm a firm believer because I, I know what I saw and no one's ever going to change my mind on that. I'm with you, man. I've seen yeah. some weird shit myself and like you, sometimes you, you, sometimes you feel crazy telling your story. Like you, you feel like you might be missing a couple of screws, but at the end of the day, like, you know what you saw, you know what you heard, you know what you experienced. You can't and that's change just the thing that, that, that it wasn't making any noise, just the way everyone says, Yeah. no propulsion, no ribbits, nothing, no, I mean, just suspended in midair and for it to be actually doing that. So tops, we were there. I want to say we were there like 40 minutes. Dude, that's a good, that's a good amount of time to have that close of an interaction with, you know, what we would describe as a UFO. Yeah. And the unfortunate thing, obviously back in the nineties, there weren't cell phones, you know, now everyone has a camera in their pocket. Right. You know, to start filming or something of the sort. Well, yeah, you know, cell phones weren't weren't in back then. I mean, they were barely making it into the market, but right. I don't think they even had cameras. But yeah, it's just the fact that that we got to experience it, but it's just I don't know. It's just it's like I said, it's just something that's gonna it's gonna be with me. Oh, for sure. You know, until I'm gone, right? Yeah. You know, but all these people that see it, I mean, I'm with them. I'm like, yeah, you know, I believe it. I believe it. Absolutely. You know, know, I know what I saw, but hey, Kyle, well, I'll let y'all, I'll let you be, man, because I know that hopefully someone else will be coming with the, with the cool story, with the killer story as well. But um, I just want to tell you, like y'all actually make my day at work go by so fast. I, I kid you not, that. you know, cause y'all got some killer content, like, you know, real, real, like great outstanding stories. And yeah, just keep up the great work, man. Like it's, I appreciate it's, it's you. amazing what y'all do. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, no problem. All right, brother. It was good hearing from you. Yeah, no problem. You have a good night. You too, buddy. All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye now. Oh, that's awesome. Fantastic UFO story. I just, I couldn't, like I said, I, like your mind, I don't know. I think, I feel like my brain would just shut off in that instant. Seeing your, your classic, what everybody knows to describe as a UFO. And you, and you, you're watching it in disbelief. You're like this, there's no way this is happening right now. And then it decides to put on more of a show by changing shapes and colors. The colors would be nuts enough. But the fact that this thing starts changing into different shapes. What do you do with that? What is your, how does your brain comprehend a situation like that? I just, I, I can't even process it right now. And I'm not even in that position. 
So I kind of understand why they all kind of went into like this dumbfounded shock mode of like, all right, we're just not even going to try to explain this to each other because it's just, it's not going to happen. My brain cannot process the information that was just given. What's up? Roll the losing dice. (laughs) I love the screen name. Oh, that's a good, good question for everybody in the chat right now. What are you picking? A haunting or an alien craft following you? Uh, I guess there's got to be context to each for me. Because if it's just, if, if the craft is just following me for one night, I think I'll take the craft. But you just, you don't, you don't know, uh, you don't know the intent on each one. I like Chucky's logic there about how you can fight an alien and possibly take it out. However, well, I guess you can kind of fight whatever may be haunting you. I guess it all comes down to knowledge and having the proper tools. Like I about shit when I was watching that Skinwalker video I was telling you guys about earlier. And homie and his homies use swords just like a one Mr. Edmonds from Stardust Ranch. I'm curious, which I didn't, didn't watch the video John sent me, but I wonder if there's any specifics to the sword. It would be kind of cool if there was like a legit skinwalker sword. Oh, so now you're going, you're going firearms. Stardust Ranch is crazy. Me and the, me and the wife drove out there to it while we was out in Arizona. Yeah, it was a. Arizona was a long drive, my friends, but it was worth it. Got to see a lot of really awesome things out there. And I also didn't realize that we were as close to strange mountains as we were. Yeah. Superstition mountains. I always say strange for some reason. Superstition mountains. Everything can be stabbed except ghosties. Yeah, but how do you know... That swords are going to be effective against, I guess it's just kind of taking a chance. Well, Autumn, I don't think anybody is looking for that type of probing or being chipped. Ironically enough, 
parts of our government want to do that. Or the world's government, I should say. Not just ours. Across the planet, they want to put chips in you. That way it can make your life more convenient, everybody. You can you can buy snacks from the vending machine with your chip in your hand because it's linked to your bank account. Anybody got anybody anything they want to talk about? Oh, any interest in trying ayahuasca? Oh man, I don't know. I feel like. Me and hallucinogens probably wouldn't get along very well. Because there's always that chance at a bad trip. And most of the time when I dream, they're not good dreams. Very rarely do I have a really good dream. And a lot of times when I dream, they're extremely vivid. So I'll... I'll I'll wake up usually terrified. Not really into seeing things that aren't there, per se. Like it gets, it's weird whenever you think you see something in your in your periphery, or like you're walking through your living room and you think that you see a head pop up on the other side of the couch and then you walk over there thinking it's your son hiding there and there's nothing. I mean, if Bertie, if mechanomes were a thing, of course I would, I would fight them. And Bob, no, I can't decide for my dreams. Never, uh, Never went down that road. Like I said, for I mean, just by remembrance, um, I I usually don't have very good dreams. They're usually nightmares most of the time. <laughs> and like I said, mine are usually extremely vivid, so I usually wake up sweating it. And then you sweat it, and you lay. Awake, and then you're just you're awake, awake at that point. Yeah, that's autumn. That's she says. I've seen so many heads pop around the corner. That's what. That's what's always creepy in like those shadow people videos. You'll see how the entity likes to peek its head around the corner. And then just zip back. I don't like that. For some reason, that creeps me out so much. And whether the, it doesn't even matter if the videos that I'm seeing them in are fake or not. It's the, the concept of it, of knowing that those things do happen. Because there's been plenty of footage where they have witnessed that. And for some reason, to me, that is just terrifying. I don't know. I don't know why that irks me so much. I'd rather see a cabinet open on its own 
or something to that effect, a ball rolling down the hallway, then seeing that's like just a, I guess for lack of better words, a silhouette peek around the corner and then peek right back. Oh, Eric, that's terrible. The terrible way of living, my friend. He says, I love nightmares. There's no better feeling than waking up and realizing all is well. No, no, no. Although, to be fair, sometimes having really great dreams is just as bad as having really bad dreams. Like if you wake up, you you wake up convinced that you won the lottery only to realize that you didn't win the lottery or something to that effect. Ross, I've, I've heard that as well. You're not supposed to have a welcome mat because it opens you and your house up to anything. Pretty. Thank you, Stephen. We appreciate that, man. Much love. I don't know enough about, I'm sure, I mean, it makes sense, but I don't know enough about the floor mat thing. A welcome mat. It makes sense to me because you hear, you know, one of the biggest ones is, is vampires, of course, but I'm sure generally speaking, most entities kind of run off the same, same rules, so to speak. I don't know. I want to know more. I always hear I hear chatter from about Antarctica a lot too. I wish there was like go to things to really dive around into Antarctica. Did I see the other day about that? Oh, somebody was talking about no fly zones and how like there's a massive one around. Antarctica and and shit like that, like the South Pole in general. Of course, it's going to be theorized that they don't want you to see what's down there, the 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 extra land, all that jazz. My thing is though, aside from them keeping a secret. Outside of that, don't you find it weird that select people in our society want to micromanage everything that you do with your life? I don't like that. I'm the type of person that says, well, if Brother John wants to, that's the thing, Twiz. If Brother John wants to get a plane and fly down to Antarctica, Fully understanding that there's a possibility he's not going to be, he's not going to make it back. I feel like that's his decision. Who am I to, I don't want to see brother. I mean, I'm obviously going to try to talk him out of making that trip, but I also, okay. To, uh, Throw that out there. 
So that's not okay. It's not okay for John to try to fly down to Antarctica by himself. However, I know that it hasn't actually happened, but however, there's definitely in the talks. What about all the people that were going to voluntarily sign up for a one-way trip to try to colonize Mars? Why is that okay? So there's a riddle of my own. Why is that okay? When you you know it's going to be a one-way trip trying to go to Mars. It's going to be in the paperwork. You're going to sign all that jazz. Why is that cool? But it's not cool for Brother John to fly down to Antarctica. Doesn't make any sense to me. At all whatsoever. I think people, for the most part, obviously there's circumstances. So don't take it out of context. For the most part, people should be able to make their decisions on how they want to live their life. You want to drive down the drive down the interstate, not wearing a seatbelt, have at it. That shit's on you. You know what can happen. It's whatever. Brother John wants to get in an airplane, fly to Antarctica. Well, that's on you. You know what can happen. You want to go try squeezing through a little bitty crack in a cave 14 miles below the surface. That's on you. That's on you. Not saying that people shouldn't try to talk you out of it or try to talk sense into your head. Or what about the people that getting busted ass submarines and like to drive to the bottom of the ocean? Also, not a very intelligent thing. No, John, I'm not trying to send you to Antarctica. Your your name was there and I picked it. It would be cool. No, it wouldn't. I'm not even going to say that. Going to Antarctica would suck. It would be awesome if there was crazy shit down there. Which we almost certainly know there is. But that means I have to cross an ocean. Most likely by plane. Because the boat is not even going to be an option. And then I have to fight the cold. There's three things right there that I'm not a fan of. Hate the cold. I'm not sold on planes. And not really trying to fly or drive a boat over the ocean. Outside outside of that, I probably I probably fight with Antarctica. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Why why would you want to go to a place that's negative 50 without wind chill? It's terrible. Terrible idea. Outside of uncovering 
craziness down there, like everybody theorizes there is. Outside of that, I'm not trying to just go down there. Like if you're if you're not into conspiracies or cover-ups or any of that shit, if you're just a person that's like, I just want to go walk across this giant slab of ice just to see what's down there. I don't I don't know that I can be your friend. That's just not intelligent. Now, if by that statement right there, you go, you know what, Kyle? Right, that's probably not a very good idea. It's not not a good one. I'm going to go, all right, we can be friends. Let's go sit down, let's order some food, and watch some TV. Talk about weird shit. Don't go walking around across giant slabs of ice just for shits and gigs. It's now my PSA. Don't travel to places that are negative 50. Then there's some of you people that absolutely love the cold. You'd thrive in those areas, and that's just mind-boggling to me. Hey, a call. Sweet. Hey, hey, welcome to the night shift. What's going on? Hey, I got a little story slash question slash, I don't know. Awesome. So... Um, when I was real little, I, uh, my family just kind of separated at, you, you know, pretty, pretty young. I had quite a few sisters and stuff. And my sister moved into this apartment and this was back in PS1 days. So wild. I was playing Crash Bandicoot on her couch one evening. <clears throat> they had fallen asleep. Must have been probably, I don't know seven or eight and <clears throat> well as I was in, we all know that state where you're like oh uh, I'm like awake but you're still like you're, you're dozing off sleep yeah yeah and uh I was looking at looking at the TV screen and Suddenly, this this little boy appeared on the right right side of the TV screen, and I blinked my eyes and I uh, like made sure I wasn't like dreaming. And it was this apparition of this little this little guy, and I could make out his facial details and his, the shirt he was wearing, and. I could see where his eyes were pointing to. And the fact that he was there didn't scare me so much. But the that overwhelming, you know, cliche feeling of hey, something's behind you behind your shoulder or something someone's behind you looking at you. I I could make out of his eyes, his eyes his eyes were like big and the fact of like they were white but only like I don't know it's kind of it's it's hard to explain they were looking over 
into the kitchen area, which was to my right, his left. And <clears throat> about after 30 seconds, I, I don't know how, I don't know how to explain the time or anything, but I looked over to my right and I seen the Grim Reaper. Like the thing was, there's a little half wall from this apartment. Look over there and uh, yeah, just 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 that the Grim Reaper. I mean, the shadow. You, you couldn't make. I couldn't make out any of his any details except the big staff. And it could have been all my imagination. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't into like horror films or didn't even really know what that was until I grew up a little bit older. And that was just like one of my experiences of all my paranormal stuff growing up. I, you know, like, I, I'm 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 a hundred percent sure that like that that's what I saw. I don't know why I never never asked my sister or anything if if she had experienced anything. I know that they were kind of into some bad stuff, but I was too young to know at the time. That's and man. The the striped shirt. He what was weird was. The apparition of the little boy never made eye contact with me. And I, I could make out his faint shape, but he had a striped shirt on. And that was the only thing that was in color, which was, I found kind of, kind of weird. That is weird. Anyways, there's my short little snippet of one little paranormal thing. And, uh, the only time I've ever felt like that sense is, you know, what you would call sleep paralysis, or I can move my eyes around, you know, but can't see nothing. But it's that not that fear, that primordial fear that just comes around once in a while. Yeah, Steve experiences that as well. And he describes the same thing, just that just he's terrified. Can't see nothing. I don't even know that he hears anything, but he just has this overall fear that is just all consuming. You know, and I'm since you know, I since growing up, I've I found comfort in just uh, just saying something to someone before I go to bed. You know, doesn't matter who it is who's listening. Of course, of the catch twenty two of that is shit. Who's listening? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do find comfort, and and that seems to be the good, uh, good remedy to. Those problems. Yeah, but I do the same thing. It makes me wonder what 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 kind of went down, what went down there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, because it. I mean, we all know the Grim Reaper is all about collecting souls for the most part. You know, that's 
most of what you hear about him. So, and obviously the, I mean, the way you describe it, it sounds like the child was petrified of what was in the kitchen. It wasn't, no, like, No? no. No, that's that's what that's where I'm kind of kind of lost is yeah, his eyes were gazed upon that entity, but at the same time it was just like a matter of fact. It wasn't so much of being scared. Huh. Yeah. That's even more perplexing. It, uh, it, it's it's confused me for a lot of years and when I was a- finally able to, you know, kink my neck around, because <clears throat> I knew something was there before it was, you know, like, and when I finally mustered up the courage to turn my head, um, that's yeah, that's what that's what confused me is the 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 expression, and I'll I'll never be able to describe this to anyone in my life of what this. This little man was, I don't know, just lost souls, you know? That's so bizarre. I don't know that I've ever heard an encounter quite like that. Yeah, it was fucking Crash Bandicoot. (laughs) 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 That shit is wild, man. I feel like I wish I knew more about like the, the, the spirit realm and and stuff like that because it's it's also weird that only his shirt was in color yeah 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 that that that's one thing that vividly or vividly uh excuse me vividly sticks out in my head was it was just you know simple simple striped shirt and the stripes were red but Anyways, yeah, that that was it for my encounter there. Well, it's definitely a bizarre one. It's got my brain turning. I, I'm, I, like I said, I've never heard anything quite like that. Just another piece of the puzzles, huh? I guess so, man. I'm gonna have to ask Steve about that one. See if he's heard anything like that before. His eyes. I wish I could explain. His eyes. Um, yeah, there's no chance. <laughs> <laughs> it almost looked like, besides the shirt having color, I could tell that there was there's a vibrate like almost a color to his eyes, but they were fading away even though he wasn't looking at me. He was looking off in that direction. And that that's what kind of gets gets me the most confused about it. Like anyways. Oh man, that's a wild story. Uh, it's almost it's almost like I don't know if this is the case or not, but it's almost like you witnessed the Reaper collecting a lost soul. 
God kind of came to that. Like, like the boy was lost and then he sees the Reaper and he just kind of accepts things are the way they are. Like it, maybe he, maybe he got to the point where he's like, well, now I get to go home. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I've kind of, I've kind of came to that off topic here. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry about your loss. I appreciate really? that a lot. Thank you. Um, I've never got to meet any of my grandpas. Um, the question I had for you was like, what was one of the most favorable memories you had of him? Of my grandpa? Yeah. Um, it's, it's all, I mean, it's all kind of together. That's in the one, like, cause he's that character. You just remember him as that. That, that, that person or what? Yeah, my my grandpa is like you ask anybody, and he is the sweetest person you'll ever meet. And he he carried that. I, I never saw him ever get mad. I can remember him almost being in tears because us as kids wanted to go for rides with him on the tractor when he was out working the fields. And he didn't have it in his heart to say no to us, but he was so pressed for time that when he went back home to grandma, he was almost in tears because he couldn't say no. He didn't have the heart to tell us no. And he always has a smile on his face. Um, Another thing that I really, really admire about my grandpa, because you don't see it very often anymore. Um, And it's one reason why I've always idolized him is his love for grandma. Like, hey man, brother, I've been married ten years, and that's awesome. I'm I'm going on my tenth year now, and it's probably the hardest that we've, you know. Congratulations! Ever, it, it, you know, I don't mean to turn this into a therapy session, but <laughs> shit, brother, like the world going on now, and just trying to make it, you know. Oh, I hear you. I hear you, man. It's hard, and that's yeah. I just I, just I try to remember my grandma and grandpa because like uh you think about it growing up uh you seeing your mom and dad's affection is ew it's gross but as you get older you look back and you go man those two love the fuck out of each other yeah you know yeah that's how i look at my grandma because my mom in uh one of grandpa you know in his last days uh grandma would always come sit on his bed and then they would give each other a kiss before, you know, bed. So it's it's those little moments like that where you, because they were married, they just, like, last month they celebrated their 73rd wedding anniversary. So even after 73 years. There's a spark. There's they, that. They still that have it. This fucking love. They still have it, man. What's, what's more greater in this world than love? I hear you. I hear you, dude. It's, I don't know, and just, just because of that, like, it's just that inspiration is what has always kind of bled over into me. And I'm like, I need to model myself as much as I can after my grandfather. That's precious. Thank you. Well, hey. Love you, Kyle. Love the, love the hard path of the podcast. <laughs> it gets me, through my, gets me through my day, so. I appreciate that. And, you know, just keep up, keep up what you guys are doing. 
Thank you. We will try our best. Yeah. So, all right. All right. I'll I'll talk at you better. Talk at you later. Love you too. Oh, that was a good story. That was one that I haven't, have not heard anything like that before. And it really does make you feel like he witnessed a, a collection of souls. Just fucking crazy. Absolutely crazy. Because usually, I mean, you you hear Grim Reaper stories and they're usually kind of foreboding. Like they have a very ominous and dark uh, demeanor to it, I guess. Even though, like, um, I'm sorry, but one of you said that I think it's Boots said the Grim Grim Reaper just is, you know, it's not that it's evil or good. It just is. And I agree with that. However, a lot of people attribute it to negativity because of what it, the Grim Reaper's job, so to speak. I've come to collect your soul, send you on your way. And that's usually an unsettling thought for a lot of people. So that's probably why the Reaper gets as much of a bad rep as he does. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate the the question about my grandfather. Kind of made me think a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. He's kind of a, a beacon of light for the way that I want to model my future in this crazy ass world because it just so many people lose their way over dumb shit, just absolute dumb shit. You really sit down and think about it. People lose their way over dumb, like just really petty things. And I think it's important for each of us to be, um, to be that beacon of light, like my grandpa was. You know, to be a positive example for somebody, even if it's only for one person out there. You know, just, I don't know, it just, just kind of makes sense to me. And that's kind of how I want my message to my children to be. I want my children to later on in life to be able to go, nope, mom and dad loved each other. To the moon and back, there was nothing getting in between them. It was them against the world. And then it set standards for my kids, you know, how they should treat their spouse, how they should expect to be treated. That's a big, like, snowball effect out of one man. It's weird, you know. It's weird. He's a big inspiration, whether he knew it or not. You know, I'm not exactly an extremely vocal person. I kind of get introverted and stuff, but that's kind of how grandpa was too. Grandpa, as sweet as he was, he kept a lot of things to himself. He was definitely what you call that, like Alice syndrome. Put the world on your on your shoulders and carry it. That was definitely my grandpa. He didn't he didn't slow down. I can remember him 
being in his seventies, eighties. I was out there helping him buck bales, and he's like, "Here, Kyle, you just you get up here and drive this tractor. I'll get down." I'm like, "Grandpa, you you quit, you quit." I don't even remember how old I was, probably eighteen or something. He's like, I'll, "I'll do it. You get up here and drive this tractor." I'm like, "You're crazy. You stay up there." Yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh, it's probably a good place to end it for the night. The calls have been kind of slow tonight, even though they've been fantastic. So I appreciate everybody who's called in. I appreciate all of you for hanging out. I have to have Steve reactivate the Facebook because it wouldn't let me stream to Facebook either. Don't know if that actually helps us a ton or not. Uh, Tomorrow... Listener experience will be coming out. So you guys got something to look forward to tomorrow. It's pretty crazy that we're almost at five days a week providing you guys with something. Pretty wild. Uh, Hammy Dog, yeah, you could definitely shoot it over to the email. Uh, you could also shoot it to socials. Um, emails probably, honestly, probably the best way to to get an absolute message to us. Um, the problem with socials, I mean, I respond to just about everybody on Instagram, but the problem is, is like sometimes I have low service at work because I work literally in the middle of nowhere. Um, brother John can attest to that. So I'll, I'll like look at it real quick and then I can't respond or I'll try to look at it because there's people that send me clips and I'll try to watch it. And so then it shows that I read the message, but I can't play it because there's not enough juice to load, load the video. So I got to exit out of it and you know how it is. You get going with your day and it slips your mind to kind of revisit that. So, but the emails are usually pretty consistent way of getting like a story or something important to us because when we see it from one of you guys, even if we don't read it right away, we're able to flag it so we know to come back to it. So I hope that helps. And then the cell phone, you're more than welcome to send it to the cell phone. But the problem with the cell phone is that I leave it here all day long because I don't want to take it anywhere and break it. And then at my job, being around that, it just gets them all gunky and shitty. So, you know. But, yeah, you're, you're more than welcome to send it to whatever you like. Multiples, if you like. Whatever you got to do. Uh, but email is probably the most consistent way to get important things to us. You know, if you want to tell us a story or uh, try to set up an interview or you have questions or whatever the whatever the case may be. It is a solid place. Well, I appreciate you, Hammy. Yeah, just just send it on over where you got to send it. But I think with that being said, I'm going to close her down. I'm surprised I rambled on for an hour and a half. I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it that long. But I appreciate all of you again for hanging out with me tonight next week. We should be me and Steve should be back together. 
killing it as usual. Like I said, be excited. Tuesday night, we have a very fascinating interview from Navajo Nation, Skinwalker related. I'm super excited about that. Um, super excited for Steve to get back and finish up the Hellfire Farm because those episodes have just been so good. I've got a couple episodes in the pipe. One of them is about women and aliens. I'll leave it at that. Very interesting. Some of them are very terrifying. Some of them are just batshit crazy. And then I also have... You guys have probably heard it. I need to find... I want to find more examples. But I feel like the recent story of Menugate is a good segue into certain topics. But if you haven't heard Menugate before, we will be talking about it and poking holes in it, uh, debating it, going over it. Pretty interesting story. I'm not sure exactly what my thoughts are, but me and Steve will hash it out. So a little bit for you guys to look forward to. Like I said, appreciate you all. Love you all. Thank you so much. I will talk to you guys later.